Hello and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. While the conversations around mental health and mental illness have grown steadily over the past couple years, there definitely is a lot of work still to be done. And especially in the Catholic context, mental illness can still be greatly misunderstood. Thankfully, there's women like Lisa Rumpel who help to contribute positively to this conversation. Lisa is an administrative assistant for the Catholic Independent Schools of the Vancouver Archdiocese. And she also is a writer, speaker, and monthly columnist for the BC Catholic. Her work and her talks touch on her personal experiences with mental illness as a Catholic woman. And in our conversation, Lisa shares her own personal journey with the Lord, how we can be resilient despite our suffering, and how God is present through it all. Hello, Lisa. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah. And I wanted to start by asking if you could introduce yourself as well as tell us a little bit about you and what you currently do right now. Yes. So it's so great to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Lisa, and I'm a writer, a speaker, and a monthly columnist for the BC Catholic. I'm also admin assistant at the CISVA office, mm-hmm. um, the Archdiocese. And I love playing ukulele and reading lots of books, and I've been doing a lot of writing lately. So you are mentioning you do a lot of writing. You write for the Beast of Catholic, and I know we're going to jump into that. Uh, but I know that a lot of the writing that you do, it really centers around your personal faith journey. And I was wondering if we could dive into that, if you could share a little bit of that faith journey absolutely absolutely I've been blessed to grow up Catholic and you know I was baptized as a baby and I have loving faithful parents who led family rosaries and they took me on visits with my siblings to religious communities very often so we got to have breakfast with the missionaries of charity and visit the poor Clares and you know go to the monastery to see the monks so I was very privileged to grow up and go on retreats a lot with my mom in preparation for confirmation or any of the the big sacrament years. And as a teenager, I found a personal relationship with Jesus. So before, you know, I would go to Mass on Sunday, but as a teenager, I became very involved in my faith. I went to a Life in the Spirit seminar and just found prayer to be a wonderful addition to my relationship with getting to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in my 20s, I discovered the teachings of St. Jose Maria Escriva, mm-hmm. who encourages lay Catholics to become contemplatives in the middle of the world and doing our ordinary duties with love and finding sanctification through our work. So I continue to have formation as a Catholic and I just enjoy it so much. So I just, I had a lot of little conversions of heart as I, mm-hmm. as I grew up, you know, getting closer to the Lord, finding strength in the sacraments and really even discerning a religious vocation and finding out that wasn't what I was called to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I know that by learning a little bit about you and doing research, I know that you're known online as the resilient Catholic. And I know that you are very passionate about mental health, mental well-being, which is something that I'm also very passionate about. So it's wonderful to meet another Catholic woman who is also a warrior in this type of topic. (laughs) And I was wondering if you could share a little bit about your personal journey with that. Yeah, so I love the word resilience because it means bouncing back from adversity. And so I really resonate with that because when I was in grade 12, I started to think that it was better for me not to be alive. I started being anxious and not sleeping. My moods were changing rapidly up and down. Mm -hmm. And I was having hallucinations and hearing voices. And I remember I was packing for a high school retreat And I was feeling really low and I said a little prayer because I was feeling quite depressed and I said, help me. And then, you know, a few minutes later, my mom comes and knocks on the door and is like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. And then I went to the hospital instead of the school retreat and I was diagnosed with an episode of psychosis, which is a break with reality. But I went back to school and I graduated and got a scholarship to go to college. So I went off to college and I was healthy, mm-hmm. off medication. But then I crashed again and I got sick. And then I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which was a relief, but a burden at the same time. Like I I was like, yay, I can, you know, find a solution. I can get help. I can get do therapy, medicine, all of the things to get back on track and get my life in order. But I had never met anyone who had a mental illness and was flourishing. So um, I didn't know if it could happen, but I wanted to be that person. I wanted to be flourishing with a mental illness and live a healthy life. And so now I manage ups and downs and I, I live with the illness, but I can still live a full life. And I remember I just heard recently on an interview with Stephen Colbert and Anderson Cooper. And he said, you know, it's a gift to exist. And with existence comes suffering. And I truly, I truly feel that, you know, he even said, you know, this is our only timeline. Like, this is it. And the bravest thing we can do is to accept the world as it is. Mm -hmm. And truly, I think that the key to my healing and, and, and my health and recovery is having that acceptance. So like, okay, I have an illness, mm-hmm. but I'm not my illness and I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think for any listeners who haven't seen that brief clip of Stephen Colbert and Anderson Cooper, I have watched it and it really is moving. Like these mm-hmm. are two very, you know, like we, we don't paint these, these two figures. It's like, you know, one's a very serious CNN reporter. The other one is like comedian, late yes. night show talk host. And to see something so real and so vulnerable, there was something very uh, compelling about that video. So I'll definitely share it with listeners. But I also wanted to say, too, that just as uh, a person who has also experienced very similar things, like I myself have anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression, like I totally Mm -hmm. understand this notion of, especially within Catholic circles, it can be really tough. Yes, because I think that and please feel free to agree or disagree with me, but the understanding of mental health as it relates to our relationship with God is not always clear and well understood. And I was just wondering what some of the challenges you have faced. 
Yeah, um, for sure. Have been growing up with that. I think there was a point, and I don't remember anybody saying this to me, but it was almost like this expectation, like, pray harder or pray it away. It's not a spiritual battle. Like, I love how the Catholic Church, though, views the human person because we are integrated. You know, our mental health affects our physical health and our spiritual health. When one's not well, you know, we, we can suffer. But it's so great that we can be connected each aspect must be looked at. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, we need to take care of our mental health, but it's not just a spiritual battle. Yeah. St. Paul says, too, in his letter to the Corinthians where he talks about, yeah, like one body, many parts. And mm-hmm. and I think, yeah, we can, of course, we can view that as like a physical body. And that's actually something that I've never thought of is that your wellness holistically as a whole mm-hmm. person, it really requires both you physically, but also you mentally just yes. to be well. And I think yeah. that that's really extraordinary. Yeah. What have been some of the joys, I think, that you've found in the Catholic Church? I've found so much joy in the Catholic Church. It's it's actually the perfect place to find healing from a mental illness because of the sacraments, especially the healing sacraments. So I've been going to confession frequently now and the Mass, you know, so that you're celebrating the Eucharist and really enjoying those wonderful blessings, the graces that come from those healing sacraments and just the community of people praying for me. Like when I first initially got sick, there were people praying for me, supporting my parents as well. Um, And even though I never spoke about it earlier, I know there's people who knew and and, and took care of that prayer for me. Was it difficult to share these things with your parents and your community early on? Yeah, my parents knew a lot when once they found out when it was that one night, you know, Mm -hmm. when I was feeling suicidal, they found out that, oh, I wasn't doing well. And I hid it. I kept I had a lot of masks. I hid a lot of things that I wasn't doing okay. I didn't know what mental illness was. Mm -hmm. And I thought everything that was happening was real. You know, I thought those negative thoughts I heard were were real and so it wasn't until I was hospitalized that then I opened up more to my parents and of course the people in important in my life who needed to know how I was doing and actually it's it's amazing like it over so many years like I've had this illness for 15 years and it's taken so many years of kind of shedding my own stigma around the illness mm-hmm. to be actually confident in saying I have bipolar disorder to people because for a long time, I thought it it was limiting. I thought I was my illness, but it was only after a lot of, you know, years of therapy and just, you know, prayer and um, meeting other people, going to a support group. Mm -hmm. I went to a support group for the first time three years ago, and I finally met someone who also had bipolar disorder. I'd never Mm -hmm. met anybody except in the hospital. And to see them thriving, to see them working and moving away to Abbotsford and getting married. And like, I was like, oh my gosh, you're just a a regular person, you know, going through life, you know, and you've had some hard times and difficult times, but you can still get through it. And it's not something to be ashamed about. And so that was like my first experience going to that support group and saying, okay, this is okay. Like, there's other people like this and you're a normal person. You like everybody goes through difficult times, even if they don't have a mental illness. You know, there's sadness and grief and loss and pain that we all experience. Um, so it's only in the last few years that I've been confident in the fact that, yeah, this mm-hmm. is okay. And there's just been a, a more global conversation about it now, too, that I feel there's a lot of, you know, yeah, breaking down those walls of stigma and shame, which is so great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and I guess like to tie this back to your writing, because I know that you have just so many great projects on the go. When it came to coming up with this blog, The Resilient Catholic, I was wondering, I guess like first off, how you decided on that name and what your main goal is when it comes to yeah. writing and sharing. So I really um, wanted to talk about mental health and faith mm-hmm. and kind of have them integrated and so I really like the word resilience, as I said before, you know, bouncing back from adversity. And I love being Catholic. So I wanted to combine those two things. And I felt like it was something that wasn't talked about a lot or still had like it's still a new topic in the church. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just shed some light on what it's like to have a mental illness and that there's hope, that there's always hope and that no one has to do it alone. Right. Aside from the Resilient Catholic, you Mm -hmm. also, like you were mentioning earlier, you do a monthly column for the BC Catholic. And I was wondering how you got started to write for them as well as the focus of your column typically. Yeah. Yeah. So last summer, I was reading Jennifer Fulweiler's book, One Beautiful Dream. And she's such a great author and speaker. And her book is about the rollicking tale of family chaos, personal passions, and saying yes to them both, Mm -hmm. which really inspired me to write more. And at the same time, I was meeting with a few of my friends and we have a writing group that we started a year ago. And, you know, they also work in the communications office at the Archdiocese. So we were meeting in their lounge and they were telling me about this latest workshop that happened. And they said, Lisa, we really want to read more of your writing. Like, we really want to hear more of your writing. And because they know I'm working on a book as well. And so I really felt this tug on my heart to start a column. And I was like, this would be so cool if there was a column about mental health and faith. Mm -hmm. And so I sent the editor an essay and a proposal with the idea. And it's been a year since my first published article. Nice. Yeah. And what have been some of the most fulfilling parts about, you know, the blog and writing your article and just knowing that you're, you're putting your whole self into it. You're putting, Mm. you know, like you were saying, your passion, but also just like, it's real life that you're talking about. And these are issues that really aren't necessarily talked about. One of the greatest things is that some of my readers actually reach out to me. So I'll get emails or I'll know somebody from the parish of my parents' parish and they'll tell me how much it Uh, means to them, how they relate to it, how they're finding hope from it, Mm -hmm. how they're sharing it with their family members who struggle to give them some hope. And a quote by Jean Vanier really strikes me. He Mm -hmm. said, I'm struck by how sharing our weakness and difficulties is more nourishing to others than sharing our qualities and successes. Mm -hmm. And I truly feel that like because of my vulnerability in sharing my story, I am privileged to hear other people's stories. And I have met and hugged so many people who share their story with me. And it's such a positive experience. It's it's like you're looking at them and accepting them who they are. And they see you as you are in all your capacities and, and, and in your weaknesses and in your strengths. Mm-hmm. And they just see you and acknowledge you. And it's just, it's like you're not alone, you know, right. that, that kind of feeling. And just knowing that, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just a wonderful experience to hear that. Um, my vulnerability is helping others. Absolutely. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so beautiful. I'm just trying to yeah. wrap my head around all of this mm-hmm. just because it's so nice to finally come across more people that and to have this discussion more mm-hmm. often. Just because I know that for myself, one of the challenges that I had faced growing up was a lot of just thinking that if God 
really loved me or if he really loved us, then why is there so Mm -hmm. much suffering? Mm -hmm. And for a long time, like that had been kind of like my, my struggle and my weakness. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are probably a lot of people who listen to this, or maybe they know someone who's going through very similar things. And Mm -hmm. what message do you have for them in terms of God's faithfulness and maybe the place that suffering has in our lives? I would say that there is no hopeless case. And this is a quote from Dr. Abraham Lowe, that God knows our pain. He knows our struggles. He's, he did it too. You know, he mm-hmm. suffered on the cross and he, he knows the depth of despair, um, be feeling abandoned, but that God is there in that t- dark time and that he will lift you out. Like there's a song, there's a phrase from Psalm, I think it's 96 and it goes, Lord, I am falling, but in your constant love, you held me up. And in my anxiety and worries, you love me. Like, so God loves us. He takes care of us. He wants to hold us up and bring us out of this darkness. And he will see us through to the light. Like, he won't give up. And, and no matter how long the darkness feels like it's lasting, like, you're you're stepping towards the light. You're getting closer to the light. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And... I'm sure that, you know, like you were saying, from day to day, like things change, situation changes. Mm-hmm. And we do have good days, but we mm-hmm. also have bad days. Yeah. You know, having dealt with this for so long, what have been some of the coping mechanisms that you have come to use when you have those days that aren't so great? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely am a proponent for self-care and it looks different for many people. And um, definitely, like, time walking out in nature, praying a rosary, always find, I find peace with that. Telling someone I love um, who's close to me, you know, if I need company, to have a presence of someone, or just to, you know, just to talk to them uh, about how my day was. I am a proponent also for counseling, going to therapy if needed. It's very helpful. Talk therapy can be great. I also um, use cognitive behavioral therapy. So our thinking Thinking actually affects us so much, and there's so much study on this, on the, the power of positive thinking. But truly, like when we think a thought, a thought comes into our head and it's negative, we can, you know, think a new thought, a good thought, and have that go away. So that's kind of what I do is just try and change my thinking because I can get into negative thinking patterns, and then I start spiraling. And so, choosing positive thoughts, and you know, often I think of scripture um, comes to mind, and doing things that are fun. If I'm feeling down, I'm gonna go for a run to the seawall, or you know, play ukulele, or you know, listen to my favorite music, eat something really delicious. These seem like very simple, but they help kind of change the mood. And one one thing I also really take seriously is sleep. Mm. Sleep is so yes. important. And I, I remember hearing this on another podcast that for athletes, their peak performance is when they have 10 hours of sleep. Oh, my goodness. Peak performance. Eight yeah. to nine is, like, really good. So I go for the really good. <laughs> I get eight hours of sleep. Wow. And that really restores like serotonin is actually built back up in the brain when we Mm -hmm. sleep and um, that's definitely something I miss when I'm feeling down so yeah there's so many different ways of self-care and just trying to boost the mood back up again (laughs) Yeah. yeah and that's such a good reminder too I mean if nothing else, like aside from just the resilience piece and just remembering that God is good, mm-hmm. also sleep. Mm-hmm. I do not get enough of that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. You were teasing earlier about how you're currently working on a book. That's right. Which is super exciting. 
and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about it and where you're at with it right now. Yes, yes. So I'm writing a memoir that I hope to have published in the next two years. Hopefully, if I find a good publishing company, um, otherwise I might self-publish as well. It is on how I learned to live bravely with bipolar disorder with God's help. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping that this story inspires others to choose life, to keep on living, being brave and keep on going. And, you know, maybe someone in France or New Zealand will pick it up and they'll decide to live on purpose, finding, you know, the authentic joy of life and after reading it. Basically, it's a compilation of essays about my journey of finding healing, not a cure with bipolar disorder. Um, it's also a battle I fight today, but um, I know I don't do it alone. And actually, it's, it, the incredible thing about writing this book is it's been very healing. It's been mm-hmm. a healing process throughout mm-hmm. this. It's very cathartic. And I've, I know I'm still finding new chapters to write as I keep living. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you said there, too, about how it's like you're not necessarily finding a cure, mm-hmm. but just like finding ways to mm-hmm. continue on. And I think that mm-hmm. that's very... It's, it's a very different way of looking at, you know, traditional medicine mm-hmm. or healing and whatnot. Because, mm-hmm. of course, it's like we talk about physical ailments like cancer, for example. Of course, mm-hmm. we're looking for a cure yeah. or something like Absolutely. that. But for something like mental illness where it really fluctuates based yeah. on the day and yeah. your stage in life and yeah. whatnot, it really is finding ways to cope yeah. and yeah. work with it rather than yeah. against it. Yeah. Um, so that's very special. Yeah. And, and I think, like, the one thing I wanted to just touch on as well and and ask your thought is that obviously this podcast centers a lot around the feminine genius mm-hmm. and um, saint pope john paul ii and i was wondering if you could maybe reflect on uh, how you've seen the feminine genius your personal feminine genius grow throughout your life and mm-hmm. the work that you do the mm-hmm. advocacy that you do right now mm-hmm. i have grown so much in this work and throughout life and i'm keep on growing and it's just so wonderful to have the opportunity to have compassion for others have empathy to really feel what others are feeling and just to to nurture other people to be a listening ear and I do so many of those things, you know, writing and speaking, being a co-facilitator for a support group, that I'm truly learning to embrace the gift of receptivity, like receiving other people's stories, receiving other people's questions about life and giving them, you know, some hope. And as a daughter of God, and, and, you know, as I've grown in my faith and in my journey, I've really discovered I'm a beloved daughter of God. Mm. And I try to receive everything as a gift. So everything that comes in, you know, in friendships, opportunities, even when things don't go as I would like them to, I try to see God's will in it. I'm like, okay, what is he trying to teach me here? Always trying to stay curious. I really rely on Mama Mary's guidance. So she, you know, she's the perfect example of being docile to the Holy Spirit and being truly feminine. So I truly, you know, look to her to try and be like her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if there's anything that you wanted to just share with listeners in terms of, you know, like hope and light or just some encouragement. Because I know that mm-hmm. probably a lot of people, especially in, in our society today, we need a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll leave that to you. I yeah. just want to say like you matter and God loves you. God delights in you. And We all have a mission here on earth. We have a reason for living. You know, we weren't accidents. We are unique, irreplaceable people. 
And God loves each and every one of us. And no matter what we've done or what darkness we're in, God can bring us out into this light and give us an abundant life. And he has, you know, life to the full for us. So it's okay to reach out for help if you're struggling. If you know someone who needs help, reach out to them. Try and be a support and and know that, yeah, life is exciting. It's an adventure. We don't know what comes next and it can always get better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that just because keeping with the thread of, I believe it was Pope John Paul II who said that life with Christ is a beautiful adventure. Yeah. Elise, I wanted to thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you again to Lisa Rumpel for joining me on this podcast and also for her openness and vulnerability in sharing her story with us. To read some of Lisa's writing, you can check out her blog at resilientcatholic.home.blog. I've left a link to it in our show notes. Of course, as many listeners know, this is a topic that is near and dear to my own heart. I've had my own personal struggles with mental illness in my life, and I've always found it difficult to reconcile this back to my Catholic faith. And I always thought that having depression or having anxiety, it was proof that God had no love for me and that it was a black mark on my identity as a Catholic. But thankfully, like praise God through many years of personal and spiritual healing and healing that is still ongoing, I might add, I've come to not only grow in my faith, but also learn how to let God into my suffering. And I just want to say that if you're listening to this and you feel hopeless about your current personal situation, or you feel that maybe God has forgotten you, or you're not really sure how to navigate the issues that you're currently facing with right now, I want to echo Lisa's words that she mentioned at the end of our interview. And she said that you matter. You are an unrepeatable human being, and God has a special purpose for your life. And I want to repeat that. I want to speak truth into that and really remind you that you do matter. There is a definitive purpose that God has for you. He has a plan for you. And I know that in the midst of suffering, in the midst of inner turmoil, it can be so challenging to see what that plan is. And I encourage you to find someone in your life that you trust and open up this conversation with them. It can be a friend, a family member, a spiritual director, a counselor. Find someone who knows you and understands you and can be that voice of support for you. You don't have to suffer in isolation. You can definitely reach out to me. I'll be praying for you. And I encourage you also to reach out and pray for the intercession of St. Dimphna. She is the patroness for those who struggle with mental illness and a saint who is one of my personal favorites. So pray to her, pray to our Lord, of course, and pray to Our Lady for her intercession as well.
As always, thank you very much for supporting and listening to the Feminine Genius Podcast. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us on social media. We are at FemGeniusPod or on our website, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. You can also listen and download the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. You know the drill. You'll find it. And of course, until next time, may God continue to bless you. And we'll chat very, very soon.